Okay. I sneak into my own pod. It's four in the morning. I had too much to drink. It's all pretty much true, except I had enough to drink, not too much. But it's, yeah, I snuck in at four in the morning to record this. That's exactly it. Welcome to our sanguinary sect of worship. It's four in the morning. I sneak in my own house. So far! So what? So what? This is Greg. This is John. And this is So Far, So Pod, So What. We have a nice session booked in a week that I've been looking forward to a lot, but um, Megadeth uh, made a little splash. A little bit of a splash. A new song. Yes. So we're gathering up a little earlier, uh, but uh, I want to catch up a little bit on uh, Deepa's quality life before we dive in there, because things have been going on since you, you, you had a run with the COVID Running with the cold. Oh, yeah, that was a. Uh, it was a good time. It was a great time. It was. It, it was everything I was told it would be cracked up to be. It was just. Uh, it was a huge fucking waste of time. Yeah, yeah I remember because I had a day in the sun when I was listening to uh, uh, Billy Idol and DAD exclusively mm-hmm. because it just fits that weather. It's kind of worry-free rock in a way. Yes. You know, but driving four four is good for the bicycle. So I mm-hmm. sent you DAD uh, sleeping my day away. And you said, <laughs> that's, that, that's pretty much what I'm doing. <laughs> that's basically what I was doing. It sucked. And it, it was a great, when I, the worst of it was during a, a weekend that, well, first of all, it was during the weekend, which is never fucking good because you never want to waste time on the weekend. Second of all, it was like a really, really nice weekend outside. And I couldn't, I had no desire for two days to do anything but hurt and sleep. It sucked. Oh, yeah. Did you make sounds? I measure how sick you are by that because not often does it happen, but sometimes I'm so sick that I have to make sick sounds. Like, oh, no one is even listening. <laughs> I, I was, I mean, I'm sure I did because it was like, it fucking hurt. I was in, I was crazy sore. And so I'm sure I probably did make some horrible noises, but right. mostly I just kind of stayed in bed and, yeah, two thumbs down. Would not recommend. <laughs> Passing forward to now and your kid playing baseball, because that was a bit interesting. You come just now from a match, and I thought, okay, maybe you are watching, but he's actually playing. Yeah, he's, well, I mean, I was watching him, but yeah, he was playing, yeah. How was that game? It was fun to watch. They're five-year-olds, right? Oh, they're five. They don't know anything that they're doing. Like, half of them are, like, sitting on the ground, like, digging in the dirt. <laughs> and like i mean some of them don't even give a shit but i mean it's 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 good fun because it's honestly it's more fun than watching professional baseball to me you know because there's a purity in childhood obviously you know we were all kids they're out there just they're out there and they don't really have a, a, a full idea of what they're trying to do they have an idea of what the rules are but as far as like what the you know they're, they're too young to grasp like there's they're the game the manners of the game like you're not supposed to be sitting down on the ground digging in the dirt in the middle no, right and i immediately <laughs> you know, like, think of little league uh, soccer for me i was i was found <laughs> running around with my hands in my pockets yeah exactly exactly <laughs> you know and, i was probably and, thinking about video games you know? yeah exactly like that's that's what makes it fun like they're just they don't give it i mean they kind of have an idea of the rules but not exactly so they break them all the time and 
It's just fun. Right. It's, yeah, it's yeah, great. Yeah. It, I mean, it's there was great. no offside it, it, rule it, when we did it. Offside did not exist because right. I can't get that into those <laughs> minds, you know. It's great. It's great. Yeah, that's where we're coming from. And it's summer, midsummer solstice here in Sweden. So it's the longest day of the year. Uh, and uh, yeah, we, we touched on that before the mics went hot. It's it's a bit weird as you get older. It's like a manic state, but it, it's great for doing uh, this, uh, for doing a long distance uh, time zone difference oh, yeah. podcasting. That I great. think it's awesome. But again, I will maintain, I, I think if that that suddenly happened over here, I don't think it would be good for us. No, it, it's tough mentally. So, yeah. So, but it, uh, also, it's good now because it's the longest day. So, the best part of the summer is ahead. Yeah. Well, you're also used to it. You've been, gr- yeah, I mean, how long? I mean, you've been, you've. Uh, uh, a few of them. Yeah, you've, been, you've had a few, <laughs> a few of, of them, them you know. Yeah. <laughs> Our, my city is uh, Buffalo. We're, we're we, <laughs> we, uh, we like to drink. Here too. So, Here too. and again, and again, like I said before, the bar is closed at four. And if, the bar is closed at four, and it was as bright as it was at four o'clock in the afternoon. I mean, holy shit! I didn't want to know what happened. Yeah. It'd be fucking. Uh, it's a weird it'd be, experience. It'd be fucking it's bad. Not, it'd be bad. It's not great. No. It's not great. <laughs> but but it is what it is. And then you know that the best part of the summer is ahead. Like August is my favorite by a long shot. Yeah. And, and September, I like too. I, I don't know why I underrated it. Probably because you had to go back to school. But now that I don't, <laughs> exactly, it's a pretty good time yes, of year. You know? Exactly. Isn't it? I enjoy September a lot more as an adult than I did as a kid. That's for damn sure. Yeah. Indian summer, mm-hmm. good stuff. That's also when the new Megadeth album is to be released. I think they call that a segue, Jonathan. I'll be back. All right, so. So September, what's the date of the record? Ninth, I September ninth. The sick, the dying, and the dead. They brought back the ellipses, the three periods. Um, they do have history with success with ellipses, so that's good. Um, album cover kind of looks shitty. Uh, I don't get it. I I could say I don't get it. I don't get even the type spacing there. Like nothing really says much to me. It's like, okay, did they rush this? You know. To me, it looks like they had someone who doesn't really know much about metal. Or whoever their label—I don't even know who Megadeth's label is right now at this point—but it's like their label has an art guide and says, "We have a heavy metal band. Here's their album title. Here's the name of the band. What do you think a heavy metal band with this name and this album title would have on their cover?" Something like that, yeah. And it looks very CGI, very like. Oh yeah, Ed Repka, who did the the, the great Megadeth covers of of the eighties and. Even, peace cells. Yeah, peace cells. He did um, Rust in Peace. And I, I'm not even yep. saying it needs to look like that. But I mean, even the guy that ha- they had that did um, uh, Countdown, Euthanasia, and Cryptic Writings, right. Hugh Syme, I think his name is. Um, yeah, yeah. Very, very different style, more 90s. Very different style, but I mean, it, Feel pretty it good, looks though. a hell of a lot better than, like, dude, the, the album cover for Euthanasia still looks like unreal to me. I like that one. I, lo- yeah. I think it's awesome. It, and, you know, and, like, you could, th- that looks way better than in my opinion i mean listen do i think it's as bad as some people are saying the album cover is no but it also doesn't really i don't know we could we could put it like this we've been in smaller bands i wouldn't be happy having that in for my band yeah exactly 
But it, and I settled. <laughs> I settled because I know that artwork is expensive. I yes. settled every time. Like, okay, I guess this is what it, <laughs> I ended up with. You know, yeah. looking through the booklet, and it's like, okay, this doesn't look that professional. But what the fuck? You know, we don't. We can't afford test copies, quality control, uh, focus groups. Yeah, you know, that's not going to happen. But Megadeth can. They can afford that. The album cover looks like, and to me, like there's guys in that band, like Dirk. Uh, you know, he's. Dirk Ferburen, I think, I, is. or Ferbjorn, maybe. I fucking, he is definitely still part of the metal underground, so much so that I showed up to a gig in November 2019 with my band, opening for yeah. Midnight, and I don't know if oh, you ever yeah. heard Midnight, but we showed, yeah, up, nice, we cool showed up to the gig, and I walked in, and I was looking at, uh, I remember who I was looking to, I was like, is that Dirk from Megadeth? And yeah, Dirk from Megadeth was playing drums for them on that tour, but we got you wouldn't have known if we had shown up after Soundcheck because after right. on the gig they all have those hoods on. You can't see their fucking faces. Exactly, yeah. We showed up, we were in one of the bands, so we were there for Soundcheck. He was playing with Midnight on that little five date run or whatever. You know? <laughs> so I mean he's still part of the metal underground. Like but then again, you know, obviously maybe he's not feeling comfortable telling Dave Mustaine, dude, this looks like not tremendous yeah, no, no, like we let's he, he, he uh, i can reassure you that he's not gonna say anything no either no i mean I'm, i mean he's in a he's in a great spot right now you know <laughs> And I, I noticed we had a different view on uh, what's happened before because I felt it was quite a build-up and roll-up. Uh, you know, Mustaine was posting Rifty's thing and the title came earlier, The Sick to Dine and the Dead. Yeah. And so on. So I felt it was almost like an Iron Maiden-style ramp-up. But you asked me, so are they going to release this without any buzz? Well, uh, when I thought the record was coming out on July 8th, I was like, well, why are they going to fucking oh, okay. drop anything? Like, it, there's got to be something here. But luckily, I mean, now it yeah. makes more sense. It wasn't going to come out in july and now they're touring and everything yeah so now it's actually now it makes sense now they can kind of build it up a little bit but also i think there's been enough time since dystopia and this record that maybe just there'll be a natural world word of mouth that'll probably spread the word and also they've been a band for almost 40 years so i think that that in and of itself kind of diminishes the need for mass appeal just kind of spreading the word because that's you know this this band gets by on word of mouth, this, you know, and, and the the diehards. Here we go. We'll be back by Megadeth. Classic uh, riff intro. Uh, Mm-hmm. fast riff and uh, funnily enough reminded me of uh, ca- uh, Killing Is My Business a bit you know like a little last bit rights or something but more controlled obviously more adult oh yeah uh, mm-hmm. uh, so I'm not going to linger on that comparison uh, throughout the song at all you know I'm not going to talk a lot about how it sounds like old Megadeth because it doesn't really to me but the riff happy with it and uh, that was also something I was teased uh, at some point it was in a short video or yes on that's Instagram. right I, yeah. that, that was one of the teasers and honestly I, I like how um it's just um, it just sounds so tight, you know. The uh, especially the um, not not so much the uh, the part where he's kind of riding the um, the lower string of the riff, but the 
like the the more notier part like it just sounds very very tight very tightly picked and very tight yeah yeah it's and great i agree and it's i realized how much of a, a part of the mega sound that is when i made our little intro yes because i wanted to i did one for for maiden a to see that where i you know kind of copied a, a bunch of maiden songs and i did ours now it's not maybe not even the final one uh, it'd be fun to have different intros but i did that one designed towards kill the king and uh, symphony of destruction mm-hmm. kind of a yeah middle ground there and uh, i you know i was i had a good day as a guitar player but not a great day <laughs> so I, I nailed it down it's like it doesn't sound right what's wrong with it and then i figure okay it must be more on time to sound like megadeth whatsoever right so i start i'm lazy so i start uh, editing it and moving parts yeah and then it's like fuck this sounds completely not like megadeth either and then i just you know kind of like okay brush my hands off yeah and, and just play, play it well you know play it well then yeah and i figured like if you i mean i'm not saying it's the best guitar take ever that intro but it's good enough to, to emulate that sound and that's all about playing very tight very tight but not but not by computer no. it has to be by that's human correct. hand that's correct and that, that you know that's a great uh, credit to to the riff playing in this band because you know to get the megadeth sound it must be very tight very precise yet groovy yes and there and there's something else kind of underrated or maybe not underrated but understated about the Mustaine riff style that comes along later in the song as well too but that we'll touch on but yes i feel like that that first riff is very much well i mean i i, I don't even know if i mean i guess it could be kiko that could have played it for all we know i, I apparently nah, I he's got apparently kiko has co-writes on eight songs on the new record which oh, is wow. that's i mean that's a lot <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I mean Mustaine. I don't know if I don't know if he's given any other guitarist that's been in this band since probably Marty Friedman that kind of that kind of leeway or that kind of freedom or that kind of input, you know. So I mean, yeah, I, yeah. he must feel that he, kind of position, really. Yeah, he's got. He, he must feel very strongly about um, the the strengths of. Uh, how do you pronounce Kiko's last name? Is it Lorena? That's or? something I've been avoiding too. I know Lawyer, it's yeah. lawyery. Kiko L, Kiko L. We'll do it like Chris L. Kiko L. Kiko L. Chris L. Kiko L. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> so Kiko uh, L. Yeah. I feel like no, he, he's received he's got, a lot of praise. You know, he's got the he's, he's the, got the, the ear of Mustaine. Mustaine, I think, believes in him big time, and and obviously, if he's if he's given him a allow, well, I don't hate say allowing him, but that's the reality of things in that band. You know, he's given yeah, he's, yeah. he's allowed him eight co-writes on a twelve-song record. I mean, that's. That's cool, because That's, if I think of him writing for Megadeth before, it's that instrumental track, Conquer or Die. Yeah. That's the one I can think of. That was it, but I think he, he joined the band late in the game. I, I think he kind of, before Dystopia, I think he joined, I mean, he, he didn't play any gigs in, in that band until after Dystopia came out, and I think he kind of came in late. So I think this record is probably going to be his big coming up. I mean, yeah. obviously I hate to, I don't want to speculate, but I, I would just assume based on the amount of songs he's being credited for already that this is this record might be his big coming out party and i think some of the leads in this song that we're about to uh uh, Mm -hmm. come across i think uh would indicate that it kind of contributes to my hunch on this rock into the verse and uh, again you mentioned chromaticisms it was a little i uh, like that yeah. 
that's cool. That's very, you know, it's just you have to have a certain it's feel. A, to it's a throwback to the the Gar the the Gar Brooks uh, era. Gar Brooks, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Yeah. yeah it's I a, mean, bit, of, it's a bit of a wink and a nod to the uh, Gar Samuelson era of the band where they kind of had the, those kind of bum, 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 the, the Megadeth jazz. The lyrics, I mean, I've kind of given up. You know, the lyrics are yeah, what yeah, they are. Actually, <laughs> let's, do it like, let's do it like this today. We don't do much lyrics today. Uh, we just leave them for a bit. Yeah, uh, because I haven't read them. I don't really want to read them right now, and I'm, I'm in a good mood, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm a, honestly, they're, they're not yeah. terrible, but they're just... I remember at one point in my life, and even looking back, I remember thinking that as a lyricist, he was a cut above. He was a step ahead. And at, at oh, this yeah, yeah. point, I sent you one, right? I sent you one. In our business, there's sin. In our bother- yes. bodies, there's die. In our uh, life, there's if. Yes. Uh, it's very that's, clever. I that's said, like, very uh, clever. It's a bit hokey, right? But it's so good. It's, it's so really good. good lyricism. And I would say, at the very least, maybe his how great he was as a lyricist that maybe set a false expectation of what he was going to be for the rest of his life. And maybe the lyrics that he writes now are still good, but maybe they just appear to be mediocre or substandard because the bar at one point in his career was so damn high that right. maybe, I mean, cause at, at the very least. I have some least, quick examples for you though. Yeah. I have quick examples, later songs. Uh, this is an example. Uh, there was a King, an evil King. Who dreamt the wickedest of dreams? That's mm-hmm. a nice fucking chorus line. Yeah, that's like it. That tells a story and that sets a, an urgency in a in a drama to it. You know, no, no, that, no, that you know, is this, good. This is so, like I mean, it's, high level. it's still there in flashes. The Scorpion is great. Great, yes. great lyrics. He, yeah. It's it's never it, it hasn't completely vanished, but it's just very more. So it's more selective in when it arrives, and yeah. at, at worst, I mean, the lyrics, the song, they're just. I don't know. I don't know if I want to use the word like cliche or or, or whatever, but they're just they're just standard right. heavy metal lyrics. I mean, right. there's really to me nothing that really jumped off the page as far as like, oh wow, that's clever. You know, this yeah, well, is just I might mention them once or twice again, but for this verse, first verse, uh, you know, nah, not really. What do you think about the way he sung it? I, that, I honestly, that. the way I'm looking at it at this point, just because as far as lyrical analysis of Megadeth, I, I think I I've just kind of I don't want to say given up, but like I, it's not to me as much of a strength or, or as it, as it once was. So I'm mostly focused on the, the music, the music and uh, the specific delivery of the lyrics, which would be the presentation and how he, how he sings it. And honestly, I think that, you know, given always, even when they were tuned in standard, I think his, the meat of his range was and the strongest point of his range was always his lower. Or, or, you spoke of it before. Yes, well, I did speak you know, of it. The tough, the yeah, tough guy voice. Uh, yeah, and, and I, I hadn't thought of it. I agree. I haven't, I hadn't thought of it. But he's better there. When his lower range, he sounds savage. It's, it just sounds. It always sounded like it suited him and it fit him more. You know, and yep. once he got even to, on killing is my business. Oh, it's killing that business. one. I mean, he we was, noticed it, right? But that's like, you know, that was a different kind of savage. I mean, at that point, he yeah. But when he was lower, it was so much better. Yes. He was younger then. Yes, you exactly. Know? I mean, uh, he was. I mean, he had his moment where he could, you know, hit the stratosphere with how high his vocals could go, and it, and it yeah. worked because it was very unique sounding. But you know, the older he got, and the more he settled into that kind of meatier, nastier, grittier, more savage, tougher range. You know, I kind of. 
maybe I don't want to say forgive, but like I can ignore, you know, maybe a a a, a downgrade in lyrical content as long as it as it sounds cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're in a good RPM here, you know, which is different to tempo. The intensity, I mean, is good. It's I the think, right intensity. No, I think you're 100. percent But also, I think that's obviously more important if you're a band where you have a singer that sings melodically. I think that when, especially if it starts out with a riff and then kind of build to the vocals coming in, the vocals should take it to the next level. Yeah, well, it's know. the next step of the song, really. So yeah. I agree with that. And, yeah. and I've I've had to completely rethink songs when I write just just this fattest intro. Yeah. And, you know, I can't go anywhere from there. Right. Like, okay, I might keep this for the climax of the song, but I'm going to have to write a worse intro because otherwise my, my, my verse coming in after the intro is going to suffer. Right. And that's not good because you have an arc, right? Everyone right. does. You don't have to be a music nerd for this. Every song has an arc. You yeah. Know, and you have to follow it and... Like, especially mainstream music is usually very good in this department, actually, like the music or not. It's very well arranged in a in a way that you can follow an arc. You know, you never really tilt it. Right. But then again, we like extreme metal. And we found on uh, Killing Us by Business, these, you know, intros that went nowhere. And then mm-hmm. you just throw it away. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, you could hear on our voices that we liked it. You know, it was a yeah. tribute from our end. Like, it's over. It's in the past. We're heading on. Forget it. It's so fun when you play metal that way. That's one of the best things about it. this genre. Yes. If you're of extreme music or metal or underground, whatever, if you're of that mindset, if that appeals to you, things like that, we just, we, we approach music from a different mindset. So yeah, the, like yeah. you said, if we could just look at a song where there's really no discernible structure to it and just building riff on top of riff. And if you do it in a way, you, you can almost redefine catchy. You know, like stuff like yeah. that registers with us. If you play that to Crimson, Edge of Sanity. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. If you play stuff like that to, you know, maybe ten people on the street, you know, seven, eight are probably just gonna be like, what is going on here? You know. Well the stars, you know, under the skies. You know, it's yeah. already fucked. <laughs> like, no one's gonna... <laughs> well, you know, but it's the thing, though. I think if, if you you were able to get one of those those people to actually sit and listen to all of it, like, we'll say Crimson, like, like they would probably react to, remember these words and be strong. Like, they would react to stuff like that. Like they would get that, but then like the, then they would immediately be thrown off by what happens, you know, half a second later. You know, so it's like. <laughs> I've already derailed. I mean, if we just start waffling on about awesome Swedish metal, I mean, we're going to be, we're not going to get anything done. (laughs) That actually part of me also would have wished for this to be a little bit more cartoonish, this verse, a little bit more of that. Yeah. 
Uh, Here I come again! <laughs> you know, that kind of part. <laughs> yeah, that one. I, I nailed it this time. Oh, yeah. I bet <laughs> one say, of my I favorites. Think, I think that... I, I don't think you can do that anymore. I think it's gone. That was all Kiko L. That was, that was great. But that's merely a, a, an appetizer for the solo that he has coming up. And that's, that's something I really want to touch on, specifically when it comes back to that, for sure. I would say, in a quicker, I guess, manner than uh, the, the last stop, I would just say that it's a great tone. I like the tone. It's very inviting to my ears. Mm-hmm. I just want to crank it up more, and that's a good sign for me. Yeah, it's oh, not yeah. shrieky or anything, and I can dig the Dave shriek right on 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 the early ones. It sounds pretty cool to me. It's right. savage, it's nasty, but this is very smooth. That's my full review of this. And uh, mini solos feel like classic Megadeth thing to do. Yeah, oh, yeah. He sells. Oh, very uh, much. 18, very much. Uh, Phil solos, you know, and and uh, he's adapting it to the I guess the now mm-hmm. in a very cool way. Right. So, uh, quick comment. Uh, don't like the lyrics. Uh, it's just like a very flat level of describing uh, some kind of violent threat, yeah. I guess so I just don't think it's very creative writing The chorus, I kind of struggle with it, I guess, a little bit, just based on how many times I heard it. Because, and this is not a, a unique opinion. I've I've definitely seen other people you know, on social media have a similar opinion of it to me. Like it's it is it is hooky, which is you know I guess that's kind of the point of the chorus. You, know, you definitely want it to be memorable. By nature of conventional songwriting, you kind of build the song to the choruses. It just sounds like you know, radio metal, you know. We'll be back. He's whispering a little bit, which makes the dynamic feel fake to me. You know what I mean? Like, if it's the loud chorus in a metal band, you got to sound like you're at least, you know, pushing a bit. Yeah. Maybe not screaming, but you know what I mean. No, no. Yeah, it, I think it, it, should be a st- it should be a step up. And like you said, yes, he's hooky and all. But I think we think the same about it, that it's not convincing. No, I, I can follow you on that. It's 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 a it's something I'm still trying to. Yeah, maybe time will 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 will, will make it easier to digest. But yeah, I, I, the chorus, yeah, like like you said, it's catchy, which is good. But like it just, I don't know. It it, it kind of takes some of the energy out of it for me a little bit. Because yeah, is, yeah, I think that's what that's what I mean with the dynamics. Yeah, that's exactly what I mean. That it doesn't feel like a dynamic peak of the song, and the song is structured as such like it's yeah be, you know it is it must have been the idea it's usually the idea in rock and roll anyway yeah. but you know clearly in this you could song, argue that that's a that's a problem or that's emblematic of of songs that are constructed like this because conceivably puts pressure on the chorus to to come in so rip roaring right off the bat it, yeah it does put added pressure on the chorus to really deliver something maybe even more intense or, or, or something else. But like, yeah, yeah. If, if you're going to, you know, if you're going to shift down like that, 
you gotta, I think, maybe do a little bit more because like it's it's coming in so high tempo and so aggressive that if yeah, I think that maybe that does put added pressure for the chorus to maybe outperform what it's actually capable of. I would say in in short for this first time I heard it I like the chorus because probably because of the hookiness and you know it's well constructed the guitar is doing a cool thing but the more I listen the less I like it and I think that's because I'm seeing through a bit of a facade I'm uh, I'm with you um 100% on on what you just said because my level of comfort has decreased with each listen but also like it serves its purpose because when I'm when I'm thinking about this song, the chorus the chorus pops into my head. So, I mean, I guess you could argue that regardless of how comfortable or not comfortable I am on it, my brain has accustomed to it because it's, when I think of the song and I'm not listening to it, like, my brain says, we'll be back. Oh, so it's that, like, even that, okay. Because uh, in my head, it's like, just when you thought you were going to say, back. <laughs> you know, that's the the one that's the one I have in my head, which right. is a, I think a better a better melody. The other one is a bit uh, a little bit cheap, uh, I think. gone full Kiko era Megadeth just because now again Megadeth has never ever been lacking in quality at the second guitar position you know Kiko because of what he does in this lead that we just stopped at he just does like a really wild reckless sounding kind of just slide up the neck a couple times and like that to me that shows you know what? I'll quote the uh, the great Diamond David Lee Roth, where he says that um, gosh, he said, "Chili dogs, they don't have a lot of class, but they got a ton of style." You know, there we go. And yeah, I it's, feel it's like very if you have, very if you got the moxie to play just high class, high caliber, top notch, the the sickest shit imaginable shredding. And but you also have the ability to just kind of just let it rip and just do like yeah, it kind of almost fuck it all up, you know. That's what I like. That's why I love Richie Blackmore. You know, I, I'm a huge Blackmore fan, and and he's always he says himself he's searching. Yes, he's complaining, you know, in in a snarky way when uh, Satriani he's not searching. But the thing is, that's not attitude. That's correct. That's the truth. He's searching, and it's like Argh! Kiko is not really searching, but he has composed something yes. that gives that same energy and. It's funny that you say this because it was it's my experience exactly. Uh, the coming out party for Kiko was my yeah was what I thought first. Listen through, I thought that immediately mm-hmm. because of those fucking slides. Yep, exactly. It shows character. It shows identity. Yeah. It's it's like a yeah. like you said, Blackmore. If I can maybe toss in some connective tissue to uh, our uh, mm-hmm. our other brother podcast, you know, like it's got a little bit of that Yannick vibe to it, which is fucking nasty. You know, Very like true. just to have that element of, of just like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to decapitate you with all these notes, but I'm also going to, uh, rip your guts out just by just 
Exactly. The, the terminology is probably the wrong one, but I think just for the interest of just maybe making it easier for me to understand by whoever listens to this, just the ability to to bring the IQ of it all down, like yes. temporarily. I think that to me that that's that's another hook. That's another hook right there. Yeah, like you could tell. Listen, Kiko got in on the last record. He played his ass off on on Dystopia and live, but he had, yes, and he and live, and he hadn't been fully ingrained on record with the sound of the band yet. Now that he's had all this time, he's played all these gigs, you know, he's fully, you know, ingrained in that machine, you know, and obviously with all the co-writes, he's going to get on this record too. So he's obviously getting a vote of confidence from, you know, El Capitan. I think even Mustaine could maybe be sitting there and like, come on, you can go crazy here, man. You don't have to follow the rules. Yes. Maybe. Uh, I'm, I'd be happy if that was the case. If he's sitting in there producing, you know, and it's yeah. asking uh, flat out, like also giving him the the, the room to do it, but asking yeah. flat out, like, can you go a bit crazy there or make it less IQ or more? Blah, yeah, you know. The more I listen to Dystopia over the you know in the last seven years since it came out, and then kind of listening to this song, I, Kiko to me is the the best, um, most identifiable stylistically uh, guitarist they've had since Marty Friedman. Here's Dave. Oh yeah, honestly, I think Mustaine. He sounds he sounds really good there. He sounds really good there. He gets his he gets his shankerism. Yeah, I like this. Very old school. He sounds very, very good. I feel like his his playing has maybe kicked up a notch to maybe match Kiko a little bit. I feel like it's maybe made him a little bit better again. I have another thing on the chorus too that I didn't mention in the flurry last time. Okay. It's the bells. I'm usually yes. one for bells. For whom the bell tolls, uh, Black Sabbath. Uh, I, I sometimes I put them in demos. Actually, it never ended up on a record, but that doesn't matter. I like the bells. I, I'm big into bells. I like bells, and I don't really like these. You know, not really. It the, because again, they fuck a little bit with the dynamics for me. It makes his voice sound even more understated. But it overproduces it a little bit for me. Yeah, because it, it's, it's not really heading in a good direction. I like yeah. the bells. I like the sound of it. It's a good yeah. sample. Does it fit? Not to me. New part. This is what I wanted to bring up from before. This part, uh, I love the classic percussiveness of, like, yep. you can hear the scraping of the pick when he does the uh, the triple picking or the, the... A little bit Kill the King, you know? Yes, I, I love that you can hear the scraping of, of 
love yeah. that. <laughs> I love that. Sounds meaner. Sounds yes, meaner. sounds tougher. Sounds yeah. meaner. And I like the lead above the spy lead. Spy lead. I like that. Right. Another break here. Uh, this riff, I'm less crazy about this riff actually. This is this riff kind of threw me off a little bit because it's actually kind of a little bit of a Voivod kind of dissonant kind of uh, vibe to yeah, it. Yeah, and here he goes for that. Yeah, but it doesn't get there to me. It doesn't it's hit like the same, but it, I, I can appreciate the fact that he tried something at least a little bit out of a wheelhouse, you know. Okay, here we go, more solo. Man. Kind of a Chris Bowen kind of vibe in his leads here. A mini blast. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. And that's also the outro of the song. That was it, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, but I like the outro. It's a cool outro. They switch riff two times, which is a bit yeah. like uh, they're leaving the pop format behind at that yeah. point, Yeah, which can be good or bad. It mm -hmm. depends. And we will have some feedback on that too uh, from, from the Twitter, uh, not poll, but uh, post that you did. Mm -hmm. uh, I think we should, uh, we should pick these up and, and go through them, but uh, I guess we can give our lowdown first on the song. Uh, and um, yeah, uh, the outro... It was good. It, it made the song better, in my opinion, mm -hmm. even though I was mostly into that mean riff. Yes. The others were like steps back from that, but mm -hmm. also good lead work. Again, the tiny solos from Kiko are as good as his long one. Mm -hmm. uh, again, a big coming out party for him, probably the most remarkable thing about the song. Yeah. It's, it's just how, how Kiko takes center stage in a way, yeah. uh, in, a, in a head single. Mm -hmm. It's also remarkably metal, I would say. Okay, a bit of a poppy chorus, but it's it's a fairly metal Track. I mean, no. the, yeah, the chorus, it is what it is. Definitely, definitely radio metal ish, but I feel like that the, uh, the aggressiveness and just the general tone of the song really kind of, it, it, it's, it feels good. It feels good to hear stuff like this, you know, from them, you know, because, you know, they had that, that period, you know, when they were trying to move away and they were trying to be something bigger than they actually were. But the fact that they were actually able to move back to something like this and get the, and to get, get the proper players to do it you know like it's just it, it just feels good you know it's like a like a um a handshake or a hug from a, a you know from from an old friend just gonna chime in that there was not really any surprises in the song no that slide aside well yes the rest of it sounds like exactly what i would have imagined yeah is that a good or bad thing i'm not gonna say well, it depends. I mean, I, I honestly, I I would say the most diplomatic and most honest I could be to say is, is this a song that that has me just like kind of already tuned out to the record? No, absolutely not. It's a good song. It's it's, it's a great song. But does it also have me foaming at the mouth, waiting for this new record to come out? Also, no. Spiritual Awakening. Yeah. It's, you know, no, like you said, Spiritual exactly. Awakening. No, this is not, this song is not a come to Jesus moment, you know, you no, know, or anything like not. that, you know. So it's, I would say that it's, it's done its job in, in giving me something enjoyable to listen to. And, and while, yeah, I'm not like, oh my God, I can't wait until September for this to come out. I can honestly say this, it's a song that makes me want to hear more. 
from this record. Yeah. Which is really, as a lead single, making me want to hear more. Then, yeah, I would say that they picked the right one. And according to the track list, this is the last song on the record. So it's a hell of a way to, it's a hell of a way to end a record. You know? I like that. That's because I would pin it as an opener, but I like the I've been into the last couple of years and also trying to make my own this ride out yeah. uh, last song. You know, a shorter song that rides uh, rides you out. Yeah. Like uh, only the good die young is my prime example. There you go. Uh, Absolutely. Seven son rides the fuck out. That's a and great a nice way That's to a end. fucking great example. Yeah. Great like example. That. Coming up soon in, in the other pod, actually. Yeah. Awesome. Forward to that. That's a fucking great example. So, yeah, for me, I am stoked about the release more so now than before so it, it did work it, no it did work not not foaming at the mouth like cringing at the fact that i have to wait three months to get this but yeah i will definitely be getting it, it it's maybe excited to hear the rest of what's going to be on here so you know i can't i can't at this point at this stage of the game if you know the band's 40 years old almost what what more can you ask for than to to still be interested in, in what they're they're putting out you know yeah, yeah. No, it's a green light from so far, so pod, so what for? We'll be back. Definitely a green light. It it passes, you know, it passes go. It, it's allowed to get on the freeway for sure. Yes. And, and I would say the, the biggest thing, which we've we've touched on multiple times, the, this being, it's it's got me real excited, I will say, to hear what else Kiko, uh, Kiko L has, has to offer on yeah. this record. If this record is, which again, just basing it off of, his contribution to this song and what apparently appears to him being a co-author of, you know, like 80, 70 to 80% of the material. It really has me excited to hear what his contributions are, because obviously if you have a different person in the mix writing stuff, it's good. It's going to give it a different element. It's going to be refreshing. So I, mean, I am looking forward to hearing that for sure. Yeah. Considering when I heard the first singles off of records like 13 or Super Collider, and I was kind of like, oh, what the uh, fuck? Uh, you know, so I guess like, you know, they're, they're not beyond. I mean, I'm not such a fan that, you know, um, I can I can ignore the uh, wheat snack that they, uh, they, they, they throw out at us, you know, when they get it. But like, you know, like the fact that in, in recent times they've put out debut singles and I've been immediately kind of like, oh, fuck, what is this? So, again, they're not immune to, to slipping. And nope, as a no, first no. track for a record, I'm on board. Yeah, to summarize it then, I would say that, uh, like on account of what you were saying just now, uh, it stacks up well among latter albums mm-hmm. uh, in terms of songs. I really like Dystopia. I like uh, Washington is Next. I guess that's not really new anymore. And uh, I, I like a lot of stuff on on those albums around then like uh, united and also a uh, big fan of uh, system has failed but i kind of left a little bit after that uh, yeah. and then dystopia came and i liked it and this feels like it's still you know uh, further trying to expand what they can do today which mm-hmm. is all i can ask for a uh, good song also my favorite choruses of his are the poppy ones it's just that usually they're better you know oh yeah no 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 like that, the pied pipe uh, that's great i like the chorus to die dead enough I mean, it's super radio metal, but I think it's I think it's much more well done than 
we'll be back. You know, like whatever. No, it's no, just... that one is sad, introspective. It's it's Finnish. Yeah, it's a Finnish melody. Yeah, it really is. This is a melancholy to it. You know, honestly, if you, yeah. speaking in Finnish, oh, if you okay. listen to Die Dead enough, if you listen to the very first lick of the song, it sounds a lot like "Brief as the Light" by Sentence off of the Cold White Light. Oh. I remember that band. Actually, I don't li- listen to that much Finnish metal. So uh, I'm referring love, to Finland, I'm referring to, I'm referring to our soul. You know, our soul up there. Yeah. But of course, it it shapes the metal, and I, I know of a lot of it. It's just that I'm more towards the east, uh, the west, towards Norway. Yeah. Taste. I'm a big I'm a big sentence guy. I like I like uh, I like them. I like them. The 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 further away they got from death metal, the more I like them. I thought they were mm. way better. That works for some bands. Oh yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Catatonia, same for me. You might have heard in, in our podcast. Oh yeah, podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But I, I like when they go more pop. Yeah, it works for the band. That's for that song Forsaker is fucking awesome. Yeah, and honestly, the, uh, again, we're going to derail, but the first riff of that song, if I heard that from like any other yeah. band, like I would just be like, oh, that's kind of a generic, just kind of new, new, metal, new metal kind of riff. But, yeah. but the fact of where they take it, and Jonas is such a great singer, and the chorus is so great, it almost like, yep. in hindsight, they made a really kind of cliche new metal riff better by what they followed yep. it with. Yeah, I have that for for Ghost of the Sun on uh, on on the Viva Emptiness record. It starts with like dang a dang a dang a dang a dang a dang This corn like, but I I I, made... I can't even begin to to to, spe- to state how how much I dislike stuff like that. But but that one works. But you guys over there have a tendency of making stuff that sucks cool. So. There we go. I'll take it. <laughs> Also, one thing we we completely skated by was, uh-huh. and you know, we we lest we forget that fucking Steve DiGiorgio plays bass on this song. Yeah, yeah. and like, and you would think you would want to have him do some Steve DiGiorgio stuff, and maybe this isn't indicative of of what he's doing on the rest of the album. But like, I was co- I was kind of hoping to hear some of that vintage, you know individual thought patterns era death yes, steve DiGiorgio, fretless bass playing you know come come through in the mix and you really you really didn't come through i mean it, it really isn't enough to disappoint me on the song but i was looking forward to hearing some classic fretless DiGiorgioisms. you know right off the bat you know Big fans since before, no surprise to you, probably. Mm. Uh, I mean, we've listened to Death, for example. He's in there with his fretless bass going nuts. Mm-hmm. And yeah, when I heard the song, I forgot that he's on. Of course, Lamenso is also miming in the video. Uh, but uh, this is the thing, I think. It was already done. Yeah. And then he jumped in uh, because of something we addressed before. Yes. Which was the, the webcam, not accident, but the webcam slip up. Slip up, yes. Yeah. So, so I think, you know... 
I I'm not gonna expect that much, Giorgio. I'm uh, not because yeah. it was already done, you know, and he can't go in and change the songs completely. Right. Know? But my thing is, and this is what I'm hoping for. Yes, I I'm not expecting Steve DiGiorgio to just like kind of just walk all over this thing like he would in any band he's ever been in before. But to me, like you get a guy like that for a reason. Like he could like, you know, when you're in Megadeth and you're Dave Bustain, literally you have your pick of the litter. Whoever you oh, yeah. want, if you need a bass player to come in to play, that's it's it's Mustaine's choosing. He he can have anyone. Because yeah, yeah. anyone's gonna wanna be on a record because it's gonna be heard by a shitload of people, number one. And number two, it's gonna be a good payday for him. So yep. Like, why would you get Steve DiGiorgio unless you were going to have him do Steve DiGiorgio stuff? If you weren't going to have him do Steve DiGiorgio stuff that could behoove the song, why would you just get like a fucking session guy? Just pay him a flat rate. Here's the songs. Play along someone with could it. Do, someone could do it from home and sound great. Yeah, you know, so exactly. I, I totally got what you're so, saying. But look, I think it's a bit like this. You can afford the best restaurant. You don't even feel like that food. <laughs> really, you don't even need that food, but you can afford the best restaurants. You like, and he was probably also quick. Is another point. I think he did this quickly. That's probably no true problem. too. That's probably, but and also yeah, there's I mean, there's there's name value in Steve DiGiorgio still too, true. and maybe and it only helps. Not like they need, not like they need the bump, but it only helps add to the buzz. You know, it doesn't hurt, you know. But no, I'm still thing. holding out hope. I'm still hoping I can hear, uh, you know, some Steve DiGiorgio uh, fretless bends. It's gotta be that there's, there's something gotta be. It's gotta be there to a degree. And and listen, James Lomenzo, he's a great bass player too. I mean, this is his, his second run in Megadeth, so I mean, he's definitely definitely a great bass player. But you know, Steve DiGiorgio is Steve DiGiorgio. You know, he is, and there's so yeah. much identity that we talk yes. about a lot. In this it's, session, it's, you know? it's tough to have identity as a bass player in metal, and so that's what makes him even more special. But I gotta believe that they gotta have him doing something. On this record, that 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 you know, it's Steve Giorgio. But we'll see what happens. Again, drop, it's not. I was going to drop an example gonna... on that on that note, actually, for eh. that because there's one more thrash heavy metal traditional type band where he did put his stamp on, and that's uh, well, they're quickly going out of fashion. But Iced Earth, Iced Earth, yes, oh yeah, well, that's uh, yeah, that is horror true. show, uh, horror is my show album. But that yeah, record I like it a lot. is awesome. And listen, John Schaefer, I mean, yeah, he. Whatever he, 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 he did, he did what he did in his personal life. But you know, again, I mean, I have records from people that have done way worse than him, and oh, yeah. uh, and sure. and you cannot deny that John Schaefer. I mean, he has uh, he's got he's got half filled wrist, and uh, you oh, listen yeah. to a song yeah. like "The Wolf," and it's just like, yeah. oh my God, there's and that it features nice bass work in the intro. Yes, boom, also boom, nice bass work. Boom, yes, boom, exactly. Boom. Yeah, and that album horror was, show is 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 maybe my favorite. To be fair, I don't have every Ice Earth record. I kind of fell off of them after uh, the Glorious Burden, but um, same actually. I, I never really got into them at any record they did after that. But I mean that that era from. When Matt Barlow got in the band in maybe 95 or 96 to 
2004. I mean, you're talking Something probably wicked. the best pure heavy metal, classic or heavy metal band in America at that point. I mean, that was a style that basically everyone had abandoned, and those records will always be great. And yeah, horror show. I mean, there's a there's a Maiden cover on it that rules. That's why I bought it. That's yeah. why I found the band because I was so young. I was still yeah. only buying Maiden, but yeah. I bought that because it had a monster on, and they covered Transylvania. So I figured, if anything, I should go for this. The song, and, uh, the know. song Damien is fucking epic, and I mean, there's there weren't really many bands in America doing music like that. And again, ding 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 da da da. Yep. It was almost uh, like they, they, they filtered heavy metal or classic metal through the muscle of like Ride the Lightning era Metallica. Metallica. Yeah. yeah. Or Master era Metallica. Yes. That band, that band filled a, a, a huge void as far as American music is concerned for a long time. But there was no one of any sort of of note that was on, on a relatively big underground label that was able to be somewhat successful playing that kind of music. It just wasn't yeah. happening in America then. Bringing it to Europe as well and doing it well. Saw them twice. Yeah, but they also kind of like, I remember like they had that Alive in Athens. On the back cover, it looked like it looked like it was recorded in front of like, you know, 25,000 people. And then I bought the Alive in Athens uh-huh. DVD and they're like a 500 person capacity club. <laughs> it, it was such bullshit. But I had the exact same. It's like, fuck, this is 200 people. It was such, it was, do you know what? It was, again, I'm going to drop it again. It was fucking Wheat Snack. (laughs) Fucking Wheat Snack false advertising. There we go. That was good pronunciation there. (laughs) Wheat Snack. It's hard to do that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. um, We will catch you sooner rather than later. Um, Stay awesome. And, uh, don't be a wheat snack. Every other time you say that, and every other time you pronounce it perfect, <laughs> wheat snack. And also, you can't really be it, you know, because it's no. Yeah, you can absolutely, you can abs- you can absolutely be bullshit. Yeah, well, you know, we're good, we're good at butchering the language over here. So I figure I've I've had enough time to butcher the English language. It's now time to butcher the Swedish language. There we go. <laughs> Next week. Uh, so far, so bad, so what? Guest invasion! I just listened to 
what is up so far so pod what's good guys hello me this is john vic rattlehead matola reporting on the new megadeth track will be back one of my favorite things about the song good morning black friday is hey i don't feel so good something's not right something's coming over me what the fuck is this